Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Thursday, April 11th, 2019, and welcome to episode number 198, two episodes away from the big 200 of the second installment of the WCWS Radio Network right here on TalkShoe.com. This is the one and the only NWO Wolfpack. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mr. WCWS, Chad Hinshaw, back on the line here with you as we get set to talk about our favorite subject of all time, as always, that being, of course, professional wrestling let's first start things off with our wrestling news and views here segment which will be brought to us by our 2017 hall of fame news tag team king ice represented here tonight by the ice man jd jared Girolamo. jd is a 2015 and 17 wws hall of famer and also a part of the team that brings you wws raw radio every monday afternoon right here on talkshoe.com <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, also in our talk shoot chat box tonight, it is the human suplex machine, John Gross, bringing that here to us. John is the first 2016 WWUS Hall of Famer and also another part of the Raw Radio broadcast team, of course, every Monday afternoon right here on TalkShoe.com. Before we get underway with tonight's festivities, let's go ahead and welcome JD and John to what should be a howling good time here tonight on episode 198 of Wolfpack. Two away from 200. Who would have thought it? Absolutely. And like I said, of course, ladies and gentlemen, uh, our live video feed tonight comes to us from one of our big-time groups here in the WWS stable of groups on Facebook. That group, of course, is WWS Fan Empire. If you care to join us, of course, through our live video feed for Wolfpack at number 198 tonight, please feel free to join us there at Facebook.com forward slash groups, forward slash WCWS appreciation. And if you care to join us through TalkShoe.com, the phone number, as always, is one 562 Call ID 138-521-POUND. And press that one if you want to chime in on anything and everything that we have to discuss here this evening. 
which, ladies and gentlemen, it will be, of course, tonight. Uh, in addition to our news and views and history and birthdays, uh, we will get J.D.'s thoughts and opinions as to what took place this past Tuesday night on SmackDown Live, the SmackDown after WrestleMania. Uh, plus, I have been told uh, in the works right now, that's all we're going to say, we could have a special guest. I'm not sure about that yet, but we, uh, we, will, but, uh, we will keep everybody informed of that, of course, when it does come down. Of course, also some wrestling extras here with time allotted here as well. So, <clears throat> so, uh, so like I said here, folks. Okay, sorry about that. Uh, <clears throat> but, uh, but of course, like I said here, folks, uh, uh, with time allotted, we'll have, of course, some wrestling extras coming your way here as well. And in the meantime here, folks, let's go ahead and get things off to a howling, howling start here tonight on Wolfpack number 198 as we get started with our wrestling news and views here segment. And here to bring it to us from King Ice is the Iceman, Jared D. Geralmo, J.D. What's going on here on the wrestling front this evening? Ronda Rousey's time away from WWE will likely not be permanent. She is signed to a contract for multiple years to come. The Wrestling Observer Newsletter reports how well there, however, always intended to be Rousey's final appearance for the foreseeable future. She is under contract until April 10, 2021. Rousey has only committed to going full-time through WrestleMania has been open about her desire to start a family. The site reports that what's next for Rousey is up to her and her situation, and that she may come back in a limited capacity like John Cena, part-time like Brock Lesnar, or not at all. Rousey suffered a broken hand, of course, Sunday in the WrestleMania match, and her recovery time is not yet known, however. Meanwhile, however, in other news, in a post to Twitter, however, former WWE creative team member Robert Evans, who is reported to have been fired from the WWE Hall of Fame ceremony this past week, is claiming that he actually quit the company. According to PW Insider, his statement is actually true. It became apparent that Evans was going to be fired over what had happened at the Hall of Fame last Saturday, as Vince was furious that his name was mentioned during Bret Hart's speech. So instead of letting that happen, Evans simply quit. In other words, they couldn't fire him if he quit. PW Insider reports, however, that the WWE creative team member was fired by WWE during the Hall of Fame ceremony after he speech he produced mentioned Vince McMahon's name. Vince has told people for years that he doesn't want to be mentioned or praised during the game company, which has become a running gag. When his name was mentioned this past year, however, mind you, however, Evans was playing since he was the writer and producer of the segment. He was then fired at the gorilla position as the ceremony was happening. Brett's induction speech featured a story the first time Vince reacted to the Hart Foundation and praised their work, but there's no word on if Evans worked on that speech. DX also mentioned McMahon, but that might have been a reaction to what had happened had happened earlier in the night. After all the mentions of his name, Billy Gunn joked that McMahon couldn't fire him. This would confirm what Sean Waltman said during a recent podcast where he claimed that McMahon was, quote, furious and that someone got fired. Meanwhile, however, in other news, however, mind you, however, more major networks were interested in AEW. The rap reports that AEW is in advanced talks with Warner Media and Turner for a weekly TV series that will likely air on TNT, although, however, the deal is definitely not signed at this time. This confirms reports from yesterday, however, that there were ongoing talks between the two parties, although that report suggests that it was a done deal. A source suggests that the details of the talks are, quote, pretty complex and not imminent. While they likely would want to have an announcement at Turner's mid-May Upfront, an event where TV platforms announce their new programming to advertisers. It's not confirmed that they will. Here are some other details. 
The weekly series will like, most likely be on TNT, but AEW will likely have a multi-platform existence. Turner's BR Live is the most likely destination for additional AEW content. There is a possibility that the AEW, AEW series will not be year-round. This would be due to the promotion being new and wanting to go easier on wrestlers than WWE. AEW, of course, will host their first big event, Double or Nothing, on May 25th at the MGM Grand Garden Arena in Las Vegas. In an interesting tidbit, the rap reports that Double or Nothing will stream on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Meanwhile, Dave Meltzer of The Observer is the latest confirmed that AEW is in talks, however, with Turner for a new TV deal that has not been signed yet. However, he does have a few different details than the earlier report by the rap. TNT is one of the suitors in play. Two other major U.S. broadcast networks also have streamed, also streaming services are interested in AEW. The part about AEW's weekly show having an offseason instead of being a year-round show is, quote, not accurate. Meltzer also knows that Turner is experimenting with streaming pay-per-view as they did the Tiger Woods versus Phil Mickelson golf challenge last year, but it was a technical disaster, and they were forced to give everyone a stream for free and issue refunds. Meanwhile, however, Daniel, we reported yesterday that Daniel Bryan was not a Tuesday SmackDown tapee as he reportedly flew home from New York City on Monday after his matchup with Kofi Kingston and WrestleMania. In the latest edition of the radio show, Wrestling Observer Radio, it was reported that the former champion may have suffered an injury during the matchup power. Meltzer said that there was also a possible injury to Bryan after the event, which is why he went home and wasn't at the TV taping Tuesday. It is believed that Bryan may be waiting to be examined, but his status is currently unknown. Meanwhile, as we also previously reported, how AJ Styles suffered a hip injury at WrestleMania during his match with Randy Orton, which is why he missed this past Tuesday's episode of SmackDown. A report from yesterday suggests that Styles got the injury when he got hit on a forearm, a forearm on Orton from the top rope to the outside, but that doesn't seem to be the case. Wrestling Inc. reports that while streaming Player Unknown's Battlegrounds on his Mixer account, AJ spoke about how he got injured at the event. Styles said the following. When you take a suplex from about 15 feet in the air, you know, I think I hit my left side before my right just a little bit, and that's totally on me. Totally my fault. It kind of knocked my hips out of place and then everything else. All those muscles in your rear end and your back swell up, and then those muscles press on your nerve endings, and next thing you know, you can't walk the next day. But got x-rays yesterday, and they were all positive that I didn't break anything. So as far as that looks, I should be good to go here soon. There is no word on whether or not he'll make an appearance, however, at the Superstar Shake-Up next Monday or Tuesday, however. But it seems like that Styles will be back in the ring sooner rather than later. Meanwhile, last night, however, mind you, a brand new superstar made his debut, however, at Full Sail University. Kushida, however, believe it or not, made his debut at the T NXT TV tapings last night at Full Sail University, and he made his on-screen debut with the crowd at the NXT taping, defeating Cassius Oh No. Kushida, of course, as you know, signed last Friday. Meanwhile, in other injury news, however, as we previously reported, Drew McIntyre was booked in a six-man tag match on SmackDown this past Thursday, teaming with the bar against the New Day. However, he mysteriously finished midway through the match, walking behind the fans on the side during the commercial break. This led to speculation that he may be injured, but Dave Meltzer now says that McIntyre was not injured and, in fact, was booked to leave the match early as he did. He said the following, in fact, he was not hurt at all. He was booked that way. Everything went exactly like it was exactly like it was supposed to. This is the idea, which I'm not even knocking the idea. I'm just telling you what the idea was. The idea was that Drew lost the mania to Roman Reigns. Management thought it was very important to protect Drew because they needed him to be a top guy now. Sheamus and Cesaro were going to lose the match, so they didn't win. Drew anywhere near the visible scene. Even on the losing side of a six-man tag, they didn't want him there. The idea is that when you watch the match and Kofi pins, I think, Sheamus with the trouble in Paradise or TIP, tip, you forget that Drew is even in the match, and therefore he is not even hurt. In hockey news, meanwhile, it was a busy night in Game 1, however, the Stanley Cup playoffs. All the games came down to a goal, however, except for the last game. 
As a result, however, the Penguins lost in overtime 4-3 to with the Columbus Blue Jackets rallying from a 3-0 deficit to defeat Tampa Bay, however, 4-3, to however. In other games, however, meanwhile, there's some other excitement going on. Tonight, however, the hockey playoffs continue, however. Right now, we got an update on some of the games. Toronto's leading Boston midway through the third, 3-1, to while at the end of two, Washington is leading Carolina 3-0 in game one of that series. Colorado and Calgary, however, will be playing the late-night game at 10 o'clock in Calgary, however, if you will. And tomorrow night, as we said, however, St. Louis, of course, who beat Winnipeg last night 2-1, to will be playing tomorrow night at 9.30, while Las Vegas, who lost 5-2 to to the San Jose Sharks last night, will be playing tomorrow night at 10.30. And finally, however, the Masters is well underway at the famed Augusta National Country Club, however. The big story of the day, however, is the scoreboard, however, right now. And here is who's leading after one day. Bryson DeChambeau, however, and Brooks Koepka are tied for the lead with 66. Phil Mickelson is one shot back at 67 with Ian Poulter, two behind along with Dustin Johnson at 68. Adam Scott, however, shot 369. And Tiger Woods and Ricky Fowler along with, however, Gary Woodland shot 270 for the day. But the weather might be playing a factor into the affair. Tomorrow they are calling for a slim chance of rain, however, at some point during the day, and are going to try to get round two in. While over the weekend, however, Sunday looks like a very strong chance of rain, however, and could cancel the final round, pushing the final round maybe back to Monday. Saturday there is a slim chance of rain set for the morning, though, but of course we'll keep you up to date if anything changes between now and Sunday as far as the Masters Golf Tournament. Sorry about that, folks. Thank you very much there, J.D. <clears throat> J.D. along with... And I'll be back in a second. Okay, J.D., thank you very much. Of course, J.D. along with King and W.O. Gerard T. Smith is King Ice, your 2017 Hall of Fame News Tag Team. They're bringing all the news that's fit to print here in the WWS Radio Network. And, of course, if the news doesn't fit, you always find a way to make it fit. And, of course, in GTS's case, Super Bowl and Duct Tape, you cannot beat that old-fashioned combination. Let's see what John has on, on tap with our wrestling history and birthdays here for today, April the 11th. <clears throat> 55 years ago today, which would put it at 1964 in Washington, D.C., Buddy Rogers is presented the WWF World Heavyweight title belt, making, making him the champion. Though the official story was he, he won it in a tournament in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, the reality is... This comes after Vince McMahon and Joseph Mont defected from the NWA after the events of two months earlier in Toronto. Rogers would lose the title in 22 days and under a minute to Bruno San Martino, who would then to go on who would who would then go on to hold the title for over seven and a half years. Uh, let's see, 24 years ago today would put it at 1995 in Dallas, Texas. <clears throat> Let's see, is that right? Yes. Uh, the Rock and Roll Express defeated Dick Murdoch and Randy Rhodes in the one-night tournament to win the NWA World Tag Team titles. <clears throat> it had been it had been stripped. It had been vacant since it was stripped back in September of 1993. 22 years ago today, which would put it at 19, let's see, 1997, Vader is detained in Kuwait after he attacks. Wassam Al-Atham, the host of Good Morning Kuwait. The arrest comes after, uh, of course, Vader's real name, Leon White, took offense to Altham's questions about the legitimacy of wrestling, then assaulted the host and trashed the set. He spent 10 days under house arrest and was ordered to pay a small fine 
before returning the, to the United States. 20 years ago today, which we put it at 1999, WCW presented Spring Stampede. I remember this. I have this on videotape. Uh, Spring Stampede from the T Tacoma Dome in, in Tacoma, Washington. 17,690 were in attendance with 255,000 homes watching on pay-per-view. Down from 275,000 homes for the 1998 event, but down 325,000 from Uncensored just a month earlier. Only two titles, of course, changed hands. Scott Steiner defeated Booker T to win the vacated WCW United States title, which is actually was part of a tournament after Ric Flair had stripped Scott Hall of the belts, and Scott Hall was not defending the title. And DDP defeated Hollywood Hogan, Ric Flair, and Sting in a fatal four-way match to regain the World Heavyweight title <clears throat> with Randy Savage as the guest referee. This is the last time Hollywood Hogan used the NWO attire at a WCW pay-per-view. He would use the NWO attire again for WrestleMania 18 in 2002 against The Rock. Actually, Hogan also went out early in this match because I think he hurt his knee um, after it was after I think uh, a DDP twisted it around the uh, uh, ring post, right there, if I'm not mistaken. 19 years ago today, put it at the year 2000 at a SmackDown taping in Philadelphia. Harry Saturn defeated Crash Holiday to regain the hardcore title, but would then lose it to Taz, who would then lose it to Crash Holly. The show did have one and only did have one and only appearance of Muffy, who was the personal trainer for Stephanie McMahon. It was quickly sh shelled, and of course, her real last name, I think, is Mower, was sent back to UPW. She wrestled through through, through 2003 for returning to stunt work full time. 17 years ago today, we put it at uh, let's see, 2002. Stanley Weston died at the age of 82 of a heart attack. <clears throat> uh, nine years ago today would put it, uh, let's say 2010, the Texas Stadium was demolished. It was best known as the longtime home of the Dallas Cowboys, and it also hosted WCCW's Parade of Champions in 1984 with Kerry Von Erich defeating Ric Flair to regain the NWA world title just three months following the death of Kerry's brother, David. The Cowboys' replacement stadium was, was the AT&T Stadium, which played host to WrestleMania 32, of course, three years ago. Eight years ago today, put it at 2011, on Raw, Adam Copeland, better known as Edge, announces his retirement from the from the ring due to several MRIs taken. Edge had wrestled in the WWE, um, WWE since 1998, and his first Intercontinental title since 1999. He also won it in 2001 three times, <clears throat> and also uh, 2004. He became the 2001 King of the Ring and became a tag team champion with Christian seven times from 2000 to 2001. Also in 2002, he held the tag belts with Hulk Hogan and Rey Mysterio. Also held it twice in 04 with Chris Benoit, uh, once with Randy Orton in 06, and once with Chris Jericho in 09. He won the Money in the Bank match at WrestleMania uh, <clears throat> 21 and also won the WWE title and the world heavyweight title at the same time. <clears throat> uh, Edge captured his first WWE championship by cashing in his money in the bank at New Year's Revolution in 2006, defeating John Cena. 
In 2010, he won the 30-man Royal Rumble in his return and captured his final world title in February of 2011. Edge's last match was at WrestleMania 27 when he wrestled Alberto Del Rio. A series of tests revealed that Copeland had neck problems and arm numbness had gotten to the point of where he'd be risking paralysis or death if he had he continued to fight. He was diagnosed with cervical spinal stenosis, which I think is somewhat similar to what I've got, spinal stenosis. I've mentioned that before. At the time of his retirement, he was world heavyweight champion, so obviously that meant the title was vacant. It's the first time since 2007 that the world heavyweight title was vacated. Also, at the time of his retirement, Edge had kept, captured a total of 31 championships, more than anyone in WWE history. World heavyweight title will be won by Edge's friend Christian in 2011 at the 2011 Extreme Rules in a ladder match when he defeated Alberto Del Rio. After his retirement, Edge continued to make sporadic WWE appearances and would be inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2012. He has become an actor since 2000 and most recently on the WWE Network. He's presented a show with Christian called The Edge of Edge and Christian Show that totally reeks of awesomeness. On that same show, Brie Bella defeated Eve Torres to win the Divas title. She's the first Bella to win the Divas title. Her sister Nikki would, would follow later in the year. That same day, Larry Sweeney sadly was found dead at a wrestling school at the age of 30. Five, <clears throat> five years ago today, put it at 2014, WWE champion Brian Danielson, of course you know him as Daniel Bryan, and, well, and of course, and Brianna Garcia, of course, also known as, like we said, Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella, would get married in a small wedding ceremony in Sedona, Arizona. Tragedy would soon strike the newlyweds on the day of the couple returns from their honeymoon. Brian's father, Donald, sadly passes away at the age <clears throat> uh, at the at the age of 57. Three years ago today, we put it at the year 2016. On Raw from Los Angeles, Luke Gallows and Anderson make their debuts to WWE. Luke Gallows made his return made his return to WWE since 2010. Two years ago today, put it at 2017. <clears throat> on SmackDown from the TD Garden in Boston, Massachusetts, the Superstar Shake-Up was in effect again when Kevin Owens, Charlotte, Rusev, The New Day, Sami Zayn, Lana, Sin Cara, Jinder Mahal, Byron Saxon, The Shining Stars, and Tamita Snuka all made their returns to SmackDown. Today <clears throat> would have been, first off, we have some birthdays to talk about. First off, today would have been the 47th birthday of Balls Mahoney. Uh, excuse me for just one second there, ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> He's got balls. Yeah, 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 yes, yeah, yes, he, yes, he does. Uh, We'll be, be, be right with you here, folks. We have two big birthdays here tonight, and we're going to kick it off with a legend here. Today is a happy 76th birthday to Hall of Famer Harley Race. And here is some history on him. How old? 76. Okay. He was an early fan of professional wrestling, watching programming 
from the nearby Chicago territory on the Dumont network. <clears throat> After overcoming polio as a child, he began training as a professional wrestler as a teen under former world champion Stanilis and Wadlet Zabisco, who operated a farm in his native Missouri. While in high school, Race was attacked by the principal. Enraged, Race beat him up, resulting in, in, in his expulsion at 225 pounds. Race started in professional wrestling and then became the driver of Happy, of Happy Humphrey, who was too large to drive at the time. Race was recruited by St. Joseph Wrestling promoter Gus Karras, who hired Race to do jobs for his promotion. Eventually, Race started wrestling on some of his shows, and some of Karras' veteran wrestlers helped further Race's training. At the age of 18, he moved to Nashville and began wrestling under the rename of Jack Long, forming a tag team with storyline brother John Long. The duo quickly regained the Southern tag team titles. <clears throat> Um, he was seen as a rising star, but a car accident actually put him put him out of action. Unfortunately, it killed his wife and also uh, almost had his leg, almost his leg, almost being amputated. Although he recovered, doctors said that Race wouldn't walk again. Race endured grueling physical therapy and went on to make a full recovery. He made his return to the ring in 1964, wrestling as Harley Race. He met Mr. Perfect's father, Larry Henning. And they moved up to the AWA. They were booked in the AWA and quickly won the AWA Tag Team titles in 1965. After an injury by Vern Gagne on Henning, Race was forced to choose a new partner in 1967. <clears throat> he and his partner would lose the titles to Pat O'Connor and Wilbur Snyder in November of 1967. After Henning's return to the ring in 1968, he and Harley reunited. But, <coughs> excuse me but were not given AWA World Tag Team titles. Race would leave the AWA to head to the NWA. He jumped from territory to territory in the early 1970s, renewing his rivalry with Terry Funk in Amarillo, Texas, and winning a regional title. He was not quite ready for the spotlight until 1973. He held the NWA Missouri Heavyweight title, as well as the Mid-Atlantic version of the NWA United States title. He took the nickname Mad Dog and won the NWA World Heavyweight title over Dory Funk Jr. Although Race held the title for only a few months, Race was a world, worldwide superstar and championship contender. Race was determined eventually to, regain, to eventually regain the NWA World Heavyweight title. Race went on to win more titles and territories in 1977. Race would recapture the NWA World Heavyweight title over Terry Funk. Race held the title and almost held a Held it for up until, until almost up and up until 1982. In October 1978, he shocked the world when he body slammed Andre the Giant. Race would lose the title in 1981 to the American Dream Dusty Rhodes. <clears throat> uh, let's see, but in 1983, he, he recaptured the title. He uh, lost the title to Ric Flair, in which it was one of the many feuds he would feuds we would see between Flair and Race. Determined not to lose the title again, Race issued a $25,000 bounty for anyone who could take Flair out of action. Bob Orton Jr. and Dick Slater would be the two for the job, putting Flair out of action. Flair's return match to Race's surprise, and at Starcade return much to Race's surprise, and at Starcade 1983, Flair regained the title in his hometown in a steel cage match in my neck of the woods, of course, Greensboro, North Carolina. 
Race would regain the NWA World Heavyweight title in 1984 in New Zealand, but after losing it, he left the NWA because NWA President Sam Mushnick was, lo- was, was, was losing his capabilities. Race returned to the AWA in 1984 to wrestle future WWF star Mr. Perfect, and the confrontation was fueled by Larry Henning confronting his former tag team partner at the end of the match. Race also wrestled former AWA World Heavyweight Champion Rhett Martell in April of 1986. One month later, he joined the WWF in May of 1986 and was managed by Bobby Heenan, bleaching his hair blonde and billing himself as, as Harley Race, but he would win the King of the Ring tournament in the summer of 1986 and refer to himself as King Harley Race. He participated in a feud with Junkyard Dog on March 29, 1987 at WrestleMania 3, where Race defeated him. Race spent 1987 feuding with Hulk Hogan and Jim Duggan. In 1988, he suffered an abdominal injury against Hulk Hogan. Following the incident, Bobby Heenan vowed to crown a new king. The new king was Haku. In 1989, Race returned to get his crown back, but would lose to Haku at the Royal Rumble. After leaving the WWF, he had one final stint in the AWA before fully retiring in 1991. Race became a manager in WCW in 1990, where he became the manager to Lex Luger. Excelling as a manager as he had as a wrestler, he eventually led Luger to the WCW World Heavyweight title. He went on to manage Luger throughout his title run, as well as acquiring the contract for Mr. Hughes from Alexander York. He also began a stable that would include Super Invader, who, of course, was Kevin Nash. Also, Big Bad Vader, but it was short-lived. But Race would have Vader win the WCW title against Sting on July 12, 1992. Race was also met with racial controversy controversy against Ron Simmons. He said the following uh, <clears throat> seven different – said the following here, seven different times I was world champion, and I had a boy like you to carry my bags. Ooh, okay. Race also developed close friendships with Mick Foley and Steve Austin and made it to the ring for one night in 1993 to wrestle Ric Flair at Florida House Shows. After losing the title at Starcade in December 1993, Vader quickly became Race's sole stable member. Again, Race continued to manage Vader in the following months in rematches against Flair. And on May 22, 1994, he was inducted into the WCW uh, Hall, Hall of Fame <clears throat> during the Slamboree 94 pay-per-view. He would continue to appear at Vader's side through the rest of the year. Another car accident in January of 95 forced Race out of the wrestling business altogether. He would make one last re- one last return to WCW TV in October 1999 as the ring announcer for the match between Bret Hart and Chris Benoit. Of course, that was the tribute match to the late Owen Hart in his hometown of Kansas City. He returned to WWE in 2004, shortly after being inducted into the Hall of Fame. On an episode of Raw, Randy Orton confronted Race and spat in his face. Race did return again for Raw's WWE Homecoming in 2005, making the show's return to the USA Network. In 2004, Race was recruited to be a part of TNA as a member of the NWA Championship Committee. At the class of 2007, Race and Rose were inducted into the Four Horsemen by Rick Flair and Arn Anderson. And also, speaking of speaking of Eppieville, Dusty Rhodes, today is a happy 50th birthday to Dustin Rhodes, also known as Gold Dust. Ronald's professional wrestling debut came in September of 1988. 
at the C at CWF, the company would be would would be renamed Professional Wrestling Federation in February 1989. <clears throat> After his father Dusty Rhodes wrestled there, Reynolds captured the Florida Heavyweight Title on May 23rd, 1989, from Al Perez, holding it for a month. In December 1988, Reynolds began performing as Dustin Rhodes and worked for Ted Turner on WCW. Rhodes formed a tag team with Kendall Windham, which they were called the Texas Broncos. In March of 1989, he toured for All Japan Pro Wrestling. What did you say about the Broncos? I said he was... Dustin Rhodes had a tag team with Kendall Windham in 1988 in WCW called the Texas Broncos. What was it? Texas Broncos. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Okay. In March of 1989, he toured for All Japan Pro Wrestling under the name Dusty Rhodes Jr. He returned to a 10 and to a 10 and 20 day tour in the spring of summer of 1990. He wrestled for the USWA in July 1989, but left the USWA in the spring of 1990. He made his debut in the WWF as a fan favorite, and where he teamed with his father Dusty, taking on the team of Virgil and Ted DiBiase at the 91 Royal Rumble. Rhodes left the WWF immediately afterwards with his father. Let's see here. Rhodes went on to join WCW later that same year and formed a tag team with Barry Windham. Windham was injured at Clash of the Champions. Let's see. 17, a returning Ricky Steamboat was chosen to partner with Rhodes and the makeshift duo captured the WCW World Tag Titles, but they would lose the belts in January of 92 to Arn Anderson and Bobby Eaton. On a taped edition of WCW Saturday night on September 2nd, 1992, they captured the WCW World Tag Team titles and NWA World Tag Team titles, unifying both belts, but they would lose them to Steamboat and Shane Douglas on November 8th, on November 18th, 1992 at Clash of the Champions. In January of 1993, Rhodes won his first United States title in a tournament, but Rick Rude was awarded the title when he returned in April of 93. Rhodes won back the title again in September of 93 at Fall Brawl. He teamed up with Shockmaster, Davey Boy Smith, and Sting to defeat the team of Big Van Vader, Sid Vicious, and Harlem Heat. Rhodes would lose the title to Steve Austin at Starcade after losing both falls. In March of 1994, he feuded with Bunkhouse Buck and Colonel Robert Parker. After Parker introduced Anderson and Terry Funk as adversaries for Reynolds, Reynolds responded by bringing his father, a former enemy of Funk, back into the ring to team with him against Parker's stud stable. In December 1994, Parker introduced another opponent for Rhodes, the Blacktop Bully. They both bladed at Uncensored 95 in a King of the Road match that led to their releases in WCW. In August of 1995, Reynolds went on to return to the WWF wrestling as Goldust because of his somewhat spooky, mysterious, and sexually suggestive mannerisms and presence. Using in-ring psychology to his advantage, Goldust would use lewd and flirtatious mind games to anger, confuse, and distract his opponents. He utilized such tactics as groping and excessive affection towards his opponent. To that end, one of Goldust's trademarks is a suggestively breathing inhalation, which we hear J.D. do from time to time. Uh, this uh, all ends in him ex exhaling through a vicious biting sound at his adversary. Uh, JD's been known for doing that too, uh, and that's when he's not on the show. <laughs> no, the character was portrayed as a drag queen, and he was obsessed with films and everything gold. 
Under the gimmick, Runnels wears a gold jumpsuit, black and gold face paint, and during entrances and promos, a glittery gold robe and a platinum blonde wig over short platinum blonde hair. He won his debut match on October 22, 1995, defeating former Intercontinental Champion Marty Jannetty. Also defeated Bam Bam Bigelow in his last match at Survivor Series in 1995. Goldust was feud with Razor Ramon at the 1996 Royal Rumble for the Intercontinental title and where Goldust defeated him to win the title with interference from the 1-2-3 Kid. Goldust began to feud with Roddy Piper, where Piper beat him in a Hollywood backlot brawl non-title match at WrestleMania 12. Goldust would shockingly retain the Intercontinental title in a casket match against The Undertaker with help from Mankind. But at the 96th King of the Ring, he dropped the title to Ahmed Johnson. Goldust then turned face by late 1996 to try to get the Intercontinental title. After Triple H allegedly made a pass at, uh, to, towards Goldust's uh, wife, Marlena. Of course, his real, of course, in reality, is his real-life wife, Terry. Goldust revealed his identity to the world in May 1997. He joined other wrestlers in their conflict with the Hart Foundation and also had a feud with Brian Pillman. Pillman, however, died of heart disease hours before the bad blood event on October 5, 1997. Goldust split up with Marlena in November 1997 and refused to cooperate with his Survivor Series teammates, which once again turned him into a heel. This led to a feud with Vader in December 1997 as the artist formerly known as Goldust at the 1998 Royal Rumble. Goldust lost to Vader but would get revenge by eliminating Vader in the Royal Rumble match. Goldust had Luna in his corner. In May, Reynolds ditched the Goldust character after failing to win the WWF title against Stone Cold Steve Austin and being punished in a match against Kane. Reynolds then feuded with Val Venus, who had been involved with Terry during their separation where Reynolds became a born-again Christian and said that he's coming back. Reynolds referred to the Goldust gimmick in October 1998. He reprised his role by attacking Val Venus. Goldust would capture the IC title on March 29, 1999 against the Road Dog, <clears throat> but would lose the title to the Godfather. Goldust left the WWF in May 1999 and returned to WCW in November as seven. He removed his costume and delivered a work shoot in which he mocked unrealistic gimmicks. Rose went on the feed with Jeff Jarrett before feeding with Terry Funk. He was fired by Vince Russo in April of 2000 for failing to prevent Terry Funk from winning the vacated hardcore title against Norman Smiley. He returned to WCW TV in January 2001, assisted his father Dusty in his feud with Jarrett and Ric Flair. He wrestled at Greed on March 18, 2001, but WCW repurchased by WWF in March of 01. Rose began wrestling for his father's newly created TCW promotion, winning the promotion's heavyweight title. In 2002, Goldust returned to the Royal Rumble as a surprise entrance but was eliminated by The Undertaker. He would win the hardcore title by defeating Maven and was a part of the Raw brand teaming up with Booker T, in which the group won the WWE Tag Team title. In, De in December of 2002, Goldust would be electrocuted in 2003 and contracted a stutter and Tourette's-like symptoms. Yeah, I think we're see if there's anything. During an attack at the hands of Batista and Randy Orton, of course, that's when that happened. Goldust informed the tag team with Lance Storm in August 2003. 
but he would leave the WWE in December of 2003. He went on to wrestle in the independent circuit for a while and competed in TNA before returning to the WWE in 2005. As a member of the coaches team against Batista at Taboo Tuesday, but Batista defeated Vader, Goldust, and the coach at the same time. Goldust went on to have a full-time return to the 2006 Royal Rumble as a surprise entrant entered at number 29, but he would, be, he would be eliminated by Rob Van Dam. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, Goldust has a big history here. Like I said, happy birthday to him again. Like I said, today he turns 50 years old. The natural turns 50 years old. I should say this. Goldust left the WWE again in December and went on to All Japan Pro Wrestling to make a return and and did an appearance in TNA as the character Black Rain. I remember that character. But he finally returned in 2008 to the WWE, defeated with Santino Morella and stayed on the Raw brand and also was on the ECW brand to form an alliance with Hornswoggle as well. Goldust went on to feud with Ted DiBiase in 2010, where Goldust and his wife, in quotation marks, Oksana, stole the million-dollar belt. The feud was actually quickly dropped, and Goldust was used as a in a backstage role. Hmm. He would return. On December 30th, 2011, in a feud with Cody Rhodes and Booker T, and where Rhodes, atta- where Rhodes attacked him. Gold does return one night at the 2013 Royal Rumble, but was eliminated by Cody Rhodes. He made a full-time return in 2013 by facing Randy Orton and defeating the Shield at Battleground to keep Goldust and Cody's jobs. He also won the WWE Tag Team titles over the Shield as well. Ladies and gentlemen, I can't go ahead and tell you that our surprise should be coming momentarily. Cody would have the Stardust gimmick. And the two lost many matches, but Stardust and Goldust would win the titles in 2014. After Star, Stardust turned on, afterwards Stardust turned on Goldust, 
2015, and Goldust went on to a singles role. Goldust teamed up with R-Truth in 2016, but he turned heel once again in 2017 and was used sparingly, but the heel turn did not last long. Let's see. Uh, Goldust's last WWE match would be at the Greatest Warrior Rumble in 2018 as he was eliminated by Bobby Roode. And John said that's all he's got for the wrestling history and birthdays here for today. So, John, we thank you very much here, sir, for providing that here to us. <clears throat> and also, J.D., we thank you very much for the wrestling news and views here for tonight. 1-605-562-0444. Call ID 138-521-POUND. This is episode 198 of NWO Wolfpack for Thursday, April 11th, 2019. <clears throat> Mr. WWS Chad Hinshaw here alongside the Iceman, Jared DiGirolamo, and the human suplex machine, John Gross. And ladies and gentlemen, uh, as I did mention here at the beginning of the show, uh, we were working on the possibility of possibly having a very special guest on here. And with all due respect to the Ice fan, he has been pretty much hounding me the last five minutes, trying to tell me Sorry. that we, we think that we, we we think that he we, we do believe that he is here. So we will, of course, double check on that right now, ladies and gentlemen. Let us let, let us double check this and see what we have on hand right here. <clears throat> and and of course, JD, of course, let me let me handle this. I know this is your baby. Yeah. Let me let me start it. Thank you very much. Um, caller from area code seven three two. Please identify yourself. Hey, this is Gary Michael Capetta. How you guys doing? <laughs> very well, Mr. Capetta. Oh. We thank you very much, here, sir. Welcome, sir, to NWO Wolfpack. Here, of course, episode one ninety eight tonight. Uh, their host right here, Mr. WWS Chad Hinshaw, coming in here. From uh, Trinity, North Carolina, alongside the man I think you just spoke to a little while ago, uh, the Iceman, uh, Jared DiGirolamo from Pittsburgh, PA, and also on our chat box tonight. He's not on. He's not online, but he is here, and that is the human suplex machine, John Gross, hailing from Front Royal, Virginia, alongside here with you here tonight, sir. I hope things are going well in your neck of the woods. Yeah, I, you know, I don't always speak that way. I just thought I would start that way. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes, sir. It's good. It, it is good. It is good to. Uh, it's good to, of course, hear from you, ladies and gentlemen. As as I will go ahead and introduce our guest here tonight. He is, of course, like I said, a. I and I think we can say this because this is something we appreciate. A legendary wrestling ring announcer. You uh, uh, announced some of the biggest names in the history of pro professional wrestling and mr capetta we don't say sports entertainment we say professional wrestling <laughs> you know what I, I, I don't say wrestling i don't say wrestling i say wrestling Ooh, i love yeah. that <laughs> I, like you that. Like? I love it this yeah. is all he's off the way to jumping a wws hall of famer here we inducted into our hall of famer several years ago ladies and gentlemen the one and the only mr gary michael is here with us, sir. Again, sir, welcome to the show. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. 
Thank you, sir. And now let's go oh, ahead. Uh, it's only fitting that the, since he brought you on, let's go ahead and bring the Iceman in here. I'm sure the Iceman's got a lot of things he wants to ask you. So, J.D., start off, man. Please proceed. Gary, first off, being the world's most dangerous announcer, we're glad to have you back on the air. I've got to ask you, what was your thoughts about Mania this Sunday and the women headlining WrestleMania? Um, I liked WrestleMania. I- I'm going to surprise you and tell you that WrestleMania 35 was the first WrestleMania that I've ever seen. I have never seen WrestleMania before. Um. Hmm. You know, other than, than it was a little, you know, that it was too long, and there were a couple of matches then, uh, you know, that didn't need to be there. Um, I, it, it, it kind of, um, you know, when they talk about being family entertainment and they run a live pay-per-view on a Sunday night and it ends after midnight, that sort of doesn't add up to me. And so I was a little confused by that. I think the um, the Hunter match, the Triple H match, didn't need to be. That was just contrived at the end. Thank um, as far as uh, the um, Samoa Joe match was real short. That had no meaning to it. I- I'm not even sure that the Roman Reigns match had that much meaning to it. To tell you the truth, um, they they could have you know cut four matches from that. Um, but overall, yeah. I, I mean, I have to say that I liked it, and I didn't feel that it dragged um, at all. So um, huh. that's you know that that's my overall you know view of it. The the only, one other thing was uh, now I like Becky. I, I think she's excellent. But one thing I did want to see, and I know that she's um, a bad lass. Right? Um, right. I, I wanted to see a little emotion when she won. I didn't see that. Yeah. Um, she posed. Yeah. I, I wanted to see okay. just a few seconds, maybe, of her looking at the, and I'm going to use a four letter word, looking at the belt. And, yeah. you know, showing that it meant something to her. Like, you know, slip out of the Becky bad last character for a few seconds. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I don't think that's picking. But uh, overall, I like the show. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, uh, Mr. Capetta, Mr. WSWS back here with you. Uh, let me see here. Um uh, do you, and, and one question that, of course, uh, a lot of people, I'm sure you've probably been asked this, uh, as well as a lot of other wrestling personalities have been asked this question since WrestleMania 35. Uh, Kofi Kingston winning his first WWE title this past Sunday. Uh, first off, your opinion on the match. And number two, was it, was it about time he had that opportunity? Um, it was an excellent match. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I like the fact that he had his kids, you know, with him. Uh, yeah, that was Sunday, right? He had his kids in the ring with him. Yeah, um, yeah I yeah. mean, that, that, that creates an emotional, memorable moment. And yeah, I didn't expect that from Becky, but I, did ex- I, I, I think she should have 
um, just acknowledge the importance of winning. Um, but anyway, I don't want to get back to her. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, Daniel Bryan um, is, is excellent. And, um, you know, it was a great combination of the two and with the idea of, of Kofi continually being pushed down in these last weeks and uh, given, given another obstacle to have to overcome. Um, I, I thought it was uh, very well done. And it was a it was a terrific match, yeah, no doubt. Yep. Uh, Gary, my question is this: this though, sorry, Chad. Uh, Gary, my question is this: with Vince uh, still being the main main major league uh, company that he is right now, what do you think of this new AEW company that's starting up? And do you think right now Vince is kind of a little petrified that this company is starting up? I mean, we've seen him squash competition in the past, a la. No pun intended, WCW and ECW. But with this new company starting up in May, however, do you think right now Vince is kind of worried that this AEW is trying to put a challenge to him by getting a new network home like a TNT and TBS starting up in May? He's not petrified, but he's on guard. Um, you know, they, yeah. they pointedly say the phrase all in on WWE programming the last few weeks. Um, you know, so they know that they're there. They know that the owner of AEW is, is even richer than Vinny. Um, they know he's got connections. They know it's serious. But it also is going to take years um, to introduce the, you know, those, all of us who are wrestling nerds, I mean, we know Cody, we know the Bucks, we know Kenny Omega, but if you were to go to the shopping center and ask someone who, what they thought of Kenny Omega, they would have no idea who you're talking about, as opposed to you know, a Ronda Rousey, for instance. So they have their work cut out for them in getting people to know their, their wrestlers. And that's going to take time. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Um, I can't foresee any time in the near future where they'd be any kind of threat to the WWE. But um, Vince learned with WCW to be vigilant. So he's, he's, he's going, and remember, he's also starting his football league. So he'll, his attention will be divided. And I think that's going to be a bit of a challenge too. As far as how I think AEW will do, I think it depends upon the personalities that are um, headlining. And I think it's going to be very interesting because you've got very different philosophies that will be working together. Like JR is, like myself, he's very traditional. The Young Bucks come from backyard wrestling. So um, what will the... I think it's all going to depend upon the egos. Um, you put a Chris Jericho in that mix, and you know I hope they they work together, but it could be volatile. So time will tell. Uh huh. Great. One one another question, uh, Mr. Capetta. Um, AEW, of course, having this having their first big event popping up here in May. Um, of course, of course, uh, the thing is called Double or Nothing. It's supposed to be, I think, in Las Vegas. 
Uh, several matches already lined up here. Supposed to be some uh, some killer shows here. Uh, uh, does this does this pay per view become the uh, any indication that it might become a threat, real threat to WWE? No, um, you can't base their success on two shows a year. Um, I mean, their hardcore following um, is spending a, a bunch of money to fly in, and that's not going to happen on a regular basis once AEW runs regularly. So that's why I said before, in order to be successful, they have to reach out beyond their, their core base. And one of the challenges is going to be to keep that core happy and satisfied as well as um, attracting new people who, you know, who may not be familiar with the product, um, who, who may not be into um, a certain style of wrestling. So the question is, do you, um, do you continue to do what has been successful, or do you try to expand in order to cater to different tastes? And I don't think that there's one right answer to that. But um, once again, time will tell. Let's see. Let's see what they put together. Let's see. Talk to me in a in a, about a year and a half, and we'll have a better idea as to um, their potential for success. Yeah, no question. Gary, Gary, I mean, I know the WWE has a legacy uh, honor when they don't honor certain people like SD Jones and Wong McDaniel, and I think that's fine and good. And personally, I think WWE should put more announcers in the Hall of Fame, you included, because you were the voice for so many great matches over the years with WWE at the Spectrum, and I'm watching them right now. One of them right now, actually, I can remember. I'm watching the match from February of 82. And talking about the Spectrum, however, I remember hearing a story one time. You talked about in a magazine one of the worst injuries you suffered at the Spectrum. What was that injury, and who was in that match, do you recall, that you suffered that injury? And could you elaborate on how that all went down? I don't know what you're referring to. I think it was in no. I think it was. I think it was. It was in eighty-two, eighty-three. It may have been. Are you? You're not talking about the. I think the Playboy. No, you're saying that you did what? No, I think it was. I think you. I think it was Playboy Buddy Rose and Backlund. I think it was in the main event, the Spectrum, or something like that. If something happened, it was like some of the Playboy. I can't remember who the competitors were, but I remember. I think uh, you, it was an ankle injury you suffered, I think, if I recall. But like I said, I can remember you watching, like I said, I'm watching old Spectrum matches now. And like I said, I'm watching one of them right now from 82. And like I said, uh, with Cal Rum and Dick Graham calling the show. And that's probably two of the best announcers, the most underrated announcers in my opinion. But when it came to certain wrestlers, however, what was the worst injury you suffered from a wrestler, however, that accidentally either got knocked you down or basically... Some guy uh, basically just, you didn't see out of the way how coming full speed ahead and just, um, no pun intended, knocking in your rear. I mean, like, big, and we know these guys are big and all, but what was the worst injury you may have suffered as a wrestling announcer from any of the wrestlers if you did suffer any injuries from any of these big guys? Because we know some of these guys sometimes run into the announcers, they run into the referees and whatnot. I mean, maybe you could elaborate for us on that. Are you asking me an injury that I, that I sustained? You did, yes, there was one show, I think, yeah, I mean, by accident, I mean, do you remember I, that injury I, very well, how it happened? Okay, okay, okay. 
I thought you were asking me an, an injury that I saw sitting at ringside, you know, about a wrestler getting injured. I, I think you're referring to the, the night I got knocked out by Iron Mike Sharp. Is that what you're, where you're going? That's it. Yep, yep. Yes, that's the one I remember. Yes, that's the one I was talking about. Yeah. Yes. I actually was it. Yes, someone I was talking about. Yeah. But well, he he uh, he didn't like the decision of the match. When I announced yeah. it, he thought he should have won, and he didn't. Right. So he started to chase mm-hmm. me, and I flew through the ropes to get away from him, and he went yeah. and swung at me. But he actually didn't connect. Uh-oh. But yeah. what knocked me out was when I hit the ground yeah. and my head hit the fence, mm-hmm. the fencing. They didn't have Ooh. the head. Ow. And yeah. I was continue the show. Yeah, that was yeah. probably the, the most, well, you know, th- there are things that I did night after night after night yeah. that people wouldn't really think about but had a cumulative effect um, like on, I, I used to um, fly out of the ring when um, when I was either trying to announce or I was in the ring yeah. and then the guy started getting rough and so I would fly out and I would always fly out yeah. to my right so I would always land on my right foot and and remember sure. once again there was no padding so it would always jar yes. my the right side you know and and uh-huh. night after night that kind of builds but as far as a one night attack uh-huh. that was it would have been Iron Mike Sharp knocking me out of the spectrum. Uh-huh. Crazy. Um, well, let's see here. Uh, hmm. Oh, gosh, 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 gosh. Mm-hmm. There's so many, there's so many questions we, we can, we can ask. Uh, Well, uh, <laughs> I'm JD's first time you've, you've you've heard you've heard the main man here, kind of speechless there. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, so yeah, I mean, it's not very often, uh, of course, that we get so many great guests, of course, here in in the WWS Radio Network here. Uh, um, just <clears throat> so many shows that we do and. Of course, we've been come in May. It would be exactly uh, four years since we've been doing all since we've been doing all this. Um, but uh, uh, and of course, there's been occasions where I may not I may have run out of things to say. But uh, you know, I visited your cities with my stage show. I was in Pittsburgh twice, and um, I was in Greensboro once. And then I did my stage show at WrestleCade in Winston-Salem um, over Thanksgiving weekend. So I, I always yeah. had fun doing that. Yeah, I'm uh, where I, where I'm at. Like I said, Greensboro is uh, is of course the closest city to me that I could uh, uh, that I would go see a big time wrestling show. Uh, there was one. Okay, wait a minute. I, now, now I think about it. I've got one. Okay, I just now it just now came to me. Uh, I don't think we had we've had opportunity to talk to you since this happened. Uh, of course, uh, this happened not this past year, but the year before. 
Um, what was your opinion about WWE when they brought back um, brought back Starcade to Greensboro 29 years later? Um, well, in the same way that um, later this month they're going to be bringing back the Jim Crockett Memorial Tag Team Tournament, um, I, I think it's a nice um, nod at history, but and I'm not saying they're trying to do this, and it's the NWA that's bringing back the tag team tournament. Uh, and I'm not saying either organization is trying to do this, but there's no way to recapture um, the emotion of those events. You know, there, it's 2019. It's, you know, it's, it's just very different um, with different style wrestling and, you know, totally different promotions. Um, so I think it's it's nice to acknowledge the past, but if anyone is trying to recapture the emotion of the past, that's not going to happen. Oh, you bring back as yeah. many as many of the headliners from back then as you'd like. Like the Rock and Roll Express is is wrestling in the tag team tournament. Nikita and this is uh, the NWA is sponsoring this. The um, or, or maybe it's Ring of Honor. No, I think it's the NWA. Um, and Nikita is going to be there. Probably Animal is going to be there. Um, and I think that's, you know, that's great. You know, it's, it's terrific to have that kind of a celebration. But there's no way to recapture the glory of those those events from the 80s. Oh, yeah. There's no, Certainly. No, 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 no doubt about it. I mean... I mean, what what have what what have I'm talking a minute? Would that Starcade been a lot uh, uh, given a lot more um, big time? Um, been, would have been seen by a lot more people and all if they would have said, for example, kind of uh, possibly posted that, like say, like on the network or something, could have gotten more. Uh, viewership that way instead of just the folks there in Greensboro seeing it. I mean, was that a was that? You don't think it was well promoted? Is that what you're saying? Yes, that's exactly that's exactly what I'm saying. Um, well, um, let's see, '85. Let's just pick the year '85, '95, 2005. You're talking like 34 years ago. So anyone who's like 45 years old today was 10 years old at the time. So how many of the of current fans were alive when, you know, that event happened? You have to remember that, like I said before, you have a, a hardcore of knowledgeable fans like yourselves, but you're not typical. You know, if you, if you look at, at WWE audience, they don't. Some of them have don't have a clue as to who Nikita Koloff is. They've never heard of Gary Michael Capetta. It's a, it's that was years ago. That was 35 years ago. So very very few. Although it is a good number of young people that explore the the history of wrestling. When you're talking about doing huge numbers, um, the percentage is is you know is quite small. Um, but I think it's once again, I think it's good to to nod and 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 educate, but to nod at the past. Um, thank the Lord that they're not 
bringing the old timers in to do the wrestling. <laughs> that 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 would that, yeah. that would not be pretty. Hmm. Yeah. You know, do you think wrestling needs an off season? Excuse me. Do you think wrestling needs an off season? Considering back in the day, I mean. That was going to be my next question. With all this talk about wrestling needing an off-season, do you think wrestling should start going into an off-season? Considering, I mean, back then, I mean, they traveled, I mean, seven days a week. They did two shows on the weekend. Do you think wrestling should cut back on their travel? I mean, yes, they do the same cities four or five times a year, but sometimes they expand new places, too. But do you think it's time for wrestling to look at maybe considering doing an off-season? I, um, I, think, I think you could get a little bit more creative than that. I think you can, especially, I mean, look at what, Vinny must have 70 wrestlers under contract or 100. I think you can cycle wrestlers in and out to give individuals a few months off a year. Um, I mean, they do it because they have to because of injuries. So... It didn't yep. look to me like Kevin Owens or Sami Zayn lost a step, and people remembered them and responded to them when they came back. So you don't have to have no wrestling. In fact, you can't because they have a TV product, and, it, and, and, and they just need to be on the air every week. But they can, mm-hmm. cycle, they can cycle wrestlers in and out so that they're um, – there are parts of feud. There are part of feuds for eight months, and maybe or nine months, and maybe for three months, just like the territories, you know, where they never told us. Uh, this always bothered me when I was a kid. Um, now living in the Northeast, there would always be a uh, a challenger for Bruno Sammartino, and he would come in and he would work his way up, and then he would wrestle Bruno and ultimately he would lose, and then he would just disappear, and you'd never know what happened to him. So the territories had wrestlers coming and going all the time. I think that's what mm-hmm. they can do. So that, mm-hmm. so that yeah. the, the health of individual, individual athletes, um, it, it gives them an opportunity to heal. You don't want to be away from wrestling altogether for too long because... Um, because of ring rust, and, and that also could cause injury if, you, if you've been inactive and then all of a sudden come back full steam ahead. So I, I think mm-hmm. there's a way to do it without having to protect wrestlers, to give them some time off, to allow them to heal, and, um, but not have a season or an off-season for the organization. Wrestlers can do that. Wrestlers can have a season and off-season, but the promotion doesn't have to. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Makes so, sense? It does. make perfect yep. sense. Uh, one, one, one question here. This is a story we talked about heavily, very heavily. J.D. would know what I'm talking about here. Around the time, of course, of the Royal Rumble back in January. I don't know if you read this story or not, but I uh, wanted to get your, your take on this. That a fan at the Royal Rumble was spotted wearing an AEW T-shirt at the event. Yep. 
They, uh, WWE Security, okay, you heard about this. WWE Security, of course, told me he had to take it off and put on something else, whatever. And I believe it was, the, what was it, J.D.? I said, we said the Young Bucks responded to that by saying that regardless of if it was an AEW t-shirt, a WWE t-shirt, what did it, if it was a wrestling t-shirt, it made no difference what it was, that at, that at their events going forward in the future, if this thing though takes off, then they would be allowed to wear whatever shirts and whatever wrestling t-shirt. I mean, what was your take about AEW kind of stepping up to the plate here, you know, given the, given the fans an opportunity to giving fans this opportunity here to, you know, express themselves a little bit more, and WWE kind of just shuns the door if it's not if it's something that's not their product or whatever. Well, you should always hit up. You should never hit down. So, um, sure, it's easy for the Bucks to say because if there are fans that are spotted in their audience with WWE T-shirts, then that makes that brings them up. Um, I think uh, WWE overreacts to those kinds of things because chances are um, your typical WWE fan they don't they wouldn't have a clue what clue what AEW means. They, you know, it, 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 they wouldn't know the difference. I mean, it, and we're talking about if the possibility happened that if it was caught on camera. What difference does it make? I mean, can you imagine um, at a at a uh, a Yankee game that they would take caps away, you know, baseball caps away from fans who were who were not wearing Yankee caps? Now, how ridiculous is that? It's it's like a, a an overreaction. Um, but but once again, um, if there are WWE shirts, and and you know what? It would only be a WWE shirt that your average person would recognize. They they don't know anything about. Your, your, I'm talking about your your average fan. Either they're Impact fans, or they don't know anything about Impact. They're WWE fans. They're um, they don't know anything about New Japan Pro Wrestling or Ring of Honor. Most of them are are pretty singular in their loyalty to WWE. So it's a total overreaction, you know, by WWE. Once again, you shouldn't hit down. You should only hit up. Certainly. I agree. I, I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, yeah. But, um, I mean, but, but like I said, I mean, stepping up like that, I mean, Whenever you know that, um, because WWE, like like you said, is WWE, and like I said, they, you know, I mean, unless it just felt like it was just a threat to them or something, just somebody just wearing a T-shirt that wasn't one of theirs, or or something along those lines. I mean, heck, I mean, I went to a an event. Let me tell you something. I went to a, uh, uh, and of course, obviously, obviously, it's because that since. WWE now owns WCW. That apparently had nothing to say about it. Probably wasn't shown on camera. But I and a friend of mine actually carried. I'm sure y'all have seen those replica championship belts that supposed to be made out of the same material as the actual belts. Well, I actually own a couple of those myself. 
One of them was a WCW tag team title belt, and the other one was an ECW tag team title belt. Uh, did I get did I get stopped? Did that, was that taken away from me? No, I got to hold them during the show. So because, like I said, they obviously because they own that or whatever, and, and that's probably. And, and but what got me was, like I said, it was something that doesn't say WWF or WWE. You know that then people are going to start having a fear. Okay, well they're going to probably take that away from me because it has nothing to do with them. But I mean. It's, yeah, just it was, one, it's just my personal opinion. Go ahead, please. Yes, sir. Go ahead. It was just a total overreaction. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I, I, I agree. I, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Um, but, uh, <clears throat> uh, J.D., uh, please go ahead. Uh, you might like to bring up something else. Go ahead, yeah, please. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Let me. Um, yeah, while, uh, let me think. While you're thinking, let me fill you in on something new and exciting I have going on. Um, I have a, a, a pretty successful um, Facebook page. Um, and Facebook got in touch with me, and they asked me if I would be interested in um, continuing the page, but also developing original content for uh, a subscriber's page. They're calling them supporters page. So it's just starting up. I'm, uh, I'm recording um, editorials, you know, video editorials, the kind of thing that, that we're doing tonight, you know, and talking about, you know, opinions. I'm also going to put my stage show on there. So anyone that doesn't live near where I come out and do my stage show, you'll be able to get um, – video of my stage show for your uh, subscription fee. Um, also, my book, Body Slams, has never been issued in audio form. You're going to be able to get digital downloads of, uh, of Body Slams. So folks that want, you know, don't have time to read it on their way to work, they can listen to it. Or while they're cleaning or you know, whatever, whatever they may be doing, their hobby or whatever, they can listen to, the, to my book. So there are all kinds of features. I'm doing interviews with um, – there's a, there's a Super 8 event, and the event has the Suns, second-generation wrestlers. So Larry Zbysko's son, Von Erich's sons, um, Brian Pillman Jr., um, Steve Carino's son. They're all part of this um, tournament that's coming to Philadelphia this Saturday, and I'm going out, and I'm going to be talking to the guys, and we'll be filming some interviews with them, which I think is going to be pretty interesting. I'm going to take people on the road with me to my signings, because I always run into wrestlers at conventions. For instance, uh, I was in New York City at WrestleCon this past weekend, WrestleMania weekend, and um, Eddie Long and Sergeant Slaughter and Mick Foley um, Sonny Ono, Jeff Jarrett, they all stopped by my booth, so I had gotten some video with them, and all of that content is going to be on my Facebook supporters page. So I encourage you guys to check it out, and your listeners, and, um, and join us, because this is not going to be on my regular page. I'll continue to, to keep posting on my regular page and Twitter feed and Instagram, 
But this supporters page is something pretty cool, and I'm, I'm excited about it because it's, um, I'm going to put a lot of creative kinds of things um, on there. For, let me give you another example. Um, and I haven't mentioned this in public anywhere, but you know those um, on the WWE Network, they have the All-Star Wrestling from the, I think they have them on there from the 70s and the 80s. Um, yeah, you were calling a lot of those, I remember. Yes, and that building still exists. And every once in a while, they wow. have wrestling there. And what I'd like to do hmm. is to um, shout out to my followers on Facebook who live in that area and who used to go to those shows and to meet them at the arena and to sit down and just have a discussion about you know, what they did there and what it was like in the atmosphere. I think you know, the, the possibilities are limitless. So my Facebook page, for those that are interested, is Ring. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's not Ring. It's my initials, GMC, the number four, real. GMC for real at Facebook. Go there at the top of the page. Click um, more information about subscriptions and, uh, and join us. Um, I already have... Um, I'm actually not launching it officially until next week, but I've already had folks uh, join. So um, um, I just wanted to get the word out. Maybe you guys would be interested. I know you'd love this content, so I'm excited about it. Yes, and also, uh, and, and, J and uh, JD and I will work on this. But what we'd like to do, uh, JD, keep that keep that in mind because what we would like to do is put that, put that put that on. Put a link on uh, one of our. We have almost 60 pages on Facebook having to do with WCWS. Uh, we would like to put put that on uh, one of our pages for our our main show, which is called WCWS Revolution Radio. Uh, we would like to put a link to that on there too, so that way we have about we have several. We have almost two over 200 people on that in that group page. We would like to put that link on there and. Uh, and share that with folks and all that, so that way everyone can get an opportunity to uh, get the, we'll just say the Capetta experience, if you will. Yeah, I just, uh, I just sent the link to Jared, so he has the link there. Yeah, I got, okay. I got it right now. I got it. So we'll put that on the Revolution Radio oh, Facebook page. Here, and we will, I will definitely we'll work on that. I will definitely do that. In fact, yeah, uh, when we get when we're off the air, I'm going to send you the exact link so that people can go to the subscription page. And it, it will give them more information about um, about the site. And what I sent to you is my my general Facebook page. So instead of people having to go there and finding the link, I'm going to send you directly to the subscribers page. It's got a video where I explain uh, what the benefits are and and so forth. So when we get off the air, because I have to go, I, I don't have that memorized yet. Okay. All right. But we'll definitely, we will definitely take, we will definitely uh, do that, and we'll definitely put the word out there to you about. Uh, about Thank you, I appreciate. That. Yes, sir, absolutely. Anytime, anything we can always do to help out, we will definitely do that, absolutely. And we do definitely, we do definitely appreciate, appreciate, uh, appreciate that. Uh, JD, uh, what else, what else do we got, bud? 
Come on, tell me something. I'm <laughs> so, thinking of <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, it's hard to say. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Me and you are speechless tonight. In, in fairness to you guys, yeah, in I fairness know. to you, you didn't know ahead of time for sure that I was coming on. This was very last minute. Because in listening to what you were doing before I came on the air, um, I can see how thorough and how prepared you guys are. So you didn't have time to prepare questions for me. So I understand that. So we can just have a little informal yeah. chat. No problem. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. This is something we always do on uh, all of our show on our shows each and every day. We also we said so that's how we that's how we honor, you know, res, wrestling's past and all. We we reminisce about this about stuff that happened on this day throughout so many, so many great moments. Even some that may not be well as well known as others. We try to get the word out here to to folks about certain things that, that you know that that might kind of pique their interest about events that's happened in WCW, WWE, ECW, uh, what JD Japan and uh, Ring of Honor and all and all AWA that. AWA and FMW, yes, all those territories, yes. This is this, and and you know today is an incredible time to be a wrestling fan because you can remember and enjoy the past, but today there are so many different styles of wrestling that are available to people. Um, you know, when I was growing up, I only had, and I'm sure for each of you, it was the same. Well, I don't know how old you are, but <laughs> the older you are, uh, it, you know, you only had exposure to one wrestling promotion and one roster yeah. of wrestlers. I can't keep up with, yeah. um, you know, all of the different wrestlers all over the world that are members of um, Impact and um, the NWA and WWE and AEW now, I, you know, Ring of Honor. I just, I can't keep up with the New Japan Pro Wrestling. I do my best, you know, for an old guy, I try to keep current. But, um, you know, oh, yeah. you can't have a life if you know all of these wrestlers yeah. from all of these promotions. So it's, uh, it's, oh. it's pretty incredible that that people have this opportunity online, mostly online. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I, I'm surprised, you know, I get asked, I get asked a lot of things, especially around my neck of the woods here, which of course is, and of course, like I said, where I live down here, like I said, in North Carolina, of course, we're near one of the big time hotbeds of wrestling. Of course, obviously I said, we say Greensboro, of course, Greensboro, like I said, there was a lot of, uh, a lot of big time things that happened back in the day and everything like that. Um, you know, around here, you know, my neck of the woods here, we we talked about uh, we talk about uh, uh, wrestling from uh, like from 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 yesterday to today about all time with uh, so many people. I mean, as a matter of fact, I've even I have several friends who are a little bit younger than I am who have has started talking to me. About one to uh, that were not around about around the time that a lot of this stuff was going on, like we've talked about tonight, that they've been wanting to hear a lot more about everything. And I've done my best to, you know, bring bring it to them in the form of, of course, like I said, videotapes, DVDs. I mean, they can't do it justice all the time. But like I said, I mean, you know, it's going back and reminiscing a little bit on some of these things. I mean, it's it's truly a uh, uh, very remarkable thing knowing that somebody wants to hear. About what 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 was it like back then? Of how it is now, and of course, seeing a lot of those guys not around anymore, 
you know, I said, well, let me tell you, and all I would say, you know, that those guys are still alive and still able to go at it today. They would be able to, uh, they would be able to show a lot of this new talent, you know, a thing or two, because like I said, they, they certainly knew how to perform, you know, 20, 30 years ago. And I mean, I mean, some of them to this day probably wouldn't have like lost a step. I guess some of this, some of this new talent now, I mean, we often do the fantasy matchup routine. I know putting a wrestler from yesterday versus a wrestler from today all the time. As a matter of fact, I did one the other night. It was just something I saw on a commercial for something having to do with wrestling. I'm not sure what it was. The thing was one of these games apps that they got on your that you put on your smartphone or whatever. And they showed like three wrestlers, one from from your um, eight, from your federation, what they used to call what they call the federation era. And then another one from your attitude era, and the one and one from today. And I said, let's put them together in a triple threat and see who would win the match. Um, and I think the match was, if I'm not too much mistaken, the Macho Man Randy Savage taking on The Rock, taking on Dean Ambrose. <laughs> and, and it was kind of a mixed bag here about who they wanted to go with. Um, but major, but the majority of the time, we go against those. Like I said, especially those who have been in the business, who was in the business for a long time. Uh, as far as in this case, I think, a lot, I think pretty much all of us, I think JD, with the exception of John, I think me and you went with uh, Randy Savage, and I think yeah. John went with The Rock, I think, yeah, in that match. So, so, yeah, so, so, I mean, we, we do stuff like that all the time here, too. But like I said, you know, we have a lot of pages and all, which we'll post different things. You know, from back in the day and all that. I mean, I even we even have a page here in which we post videos off of YouTube. I put a lot of times I would post a lot of videos off of YouTube from different shows like Nitro, Thunder, uh, old WWF shows. Um, uh, heck, I've even posted some TNA stuff. Of course, now it's called Impact, but still, I mean, we 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 try to. A lot of the groups that we have on here, I'll tell you, for example, I refer to them as tribute groups because we pay tribute to especially those those promotions who are still around, that are around today, and those that are no longer around at all. I'm, I mean, for example, we got one dedicated to ECW, one dedicated to Smoky Mountain Wrestling, one dedicated to... Uh, the NWA, one dedicated to AWA, one dedicated to WCCW, one dedicated to, um, I've even, we've even done some dedicated to a lot of the stables that they've done, like NWO, uh, the OWN that the Warrior did in WCW, um, DX, we did, we've done that, uh, um, I mean, even, we, even the most recent one we did was, of course, we did one for AEW already. Just posting a lot of stuff having to do with AEW on there. So I mean, so we so like I said, we we are it we are definitely into like I said the wrestling genre. And like I said, this is one way we do we do one thing we do in order to pay tribute to that and all because like I said, and without the stuff of yesterday, you wouldn't have the stuff of today. We've often said that on here. And so I mean that I do have a couple thoughts about that, if I may. Um, Please, And I don't disagree with anything you just said. Um, but two points I want to make. The first is, 
Um, you love pro wrestling like I do. And we can't just look back, but we have to look forward. And many of the greats that we remember, they had their growing pains in wrestling. They were not always, like Don Morocco was not always, or Ricky Steamboat, or Ric Flair, a fat Ric Flair when he started. They were not all great wrestlers. It took time. So I think that in order to preserve the legacy for the future, it's incumbent upon us to support indie wrestling. Even though it may not be exactly our cup of tea, certainly you can find an independent group that doesn't offend you. Let's put it that way. Um, Because those performers, those wrestlers that are on those, no matter uh, no matter what you think of, of some of the stuff that they do, that's the future of the sport. And if we, if we say that we love pro wrestling, you have to support them now, or there's not going to be a future. Um, I'm a big fan of the circus, for instance. And two of the main circuses uh, went down within the last year, Ringling Brothers and the Cole Brothers Circus, because people weren't supporting them. So if I'm, a rest, if, I'm a, if I'm a circus aficionado, and all that I do is hang out at the circus museum, but I don't support the current brand of circus, and I, I wasn't thrilled with Ringling Brothers. Ringling Brothers to the circus was what WWE is to wrestling. They got away from a lot of the traditions. But nevertheless, if the circus disappears, it's not, you know, I I don't want that to happen because I'm a circus fan. Well, I don't want the kind of wrestling that I enjoy to disappear. So when you find a, a wrestler, and there are plenty of young guys out there, that, you know, mat wrestle and understand the psychology, like you really have to support them. That's my first thought. My second thought is, is that when we talk to young fans, and I have to say, now I I was, um, WrestleMania weekend, I was in New York City for two days at a huge convention. And I had wrestling fans come up to me from all over the world. Australia, Israel, Germany, all over the United States, Canada. It just it was amazing. And a good number of young fans. And they knew who I was. And they knew who I was because of YouTube. And they knew who I was because of my Facebook page. Um, they're extra motivated for some reason to learn about the history of wrestling. But what you can't do, or what I would recommend against doing, is if you want to educate a young person, and when I say young person, it could be anyone from 10 years old to 30 years old, you can't start the conversation by saying, eh, this stuff today is crap. Because right there, as a former teacher, I can tell you, you have shut down communication. 
they're not going to listen to you anymore. So you, you kind of have to be open, even though sometimes, I, and I do the same thing. I'll cringe at some of the things I see in indie wrestling. But I think it's important to be there, and I think it's important to be open to the younger fan, because otherwise what you and I love is going to die. And I don't want to see that happen. End of oh, my no. rant. No. Oh, no, 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 not a rant, no, not a rant at all. Very valid point indeed. I mean, we we still, we followed him in J.D., and of course, like I said, J.D., here, as we call him Jared, we call him J- we call we call him JD because because I mean he looks like a JD. I don't know why. <laughs> Not this big. Uh, also, also uh, uh, John, like I said, who we have on our chat box, who's listening to every word we're saying. He's just I'm reading what he's he's saying here. You know, we all we all of course keep up with everything that goes on on um, on like I said on, on TV on YouTube, everything of that nature. And, of course, like I said, we do appreciate what the young folks are bringing in and all. But also, like I said, I mean, we do still take the time not to forget the contributions that were made by those who came before them. Because, I mean, I mean, where, where the new, new talent is going to learn that from? I mean, how, how, what, what would be their influence if that they were not around? I mean, they'd Absolutely. be doing something. I agree. I agree 100%. I just... I just don't want that to be the entire focus. You know what I'm saying? Because that's not going to help us for the future. Or don't complain about the state of wrestling, of modern wrestling, if you if you don't if you if you're not in there and you know voicing your opinion. For instance, Ring of Honor. Um, I saw their Madison Square Garden pay per view last weekend, and I saw their pay-per-view before that. Now, the pay-per-view before that, their main event went to a one-hour time limit. Now, that's that's unusual, right? These days, you don't see that much anymore. Um, and it was a really good match, very good match. It was uh, Jay Lethal and Matt Tavern, I think. Now, here's my problem. The ring announcer never announced it as a one-fall, one-hour time limit. The commentators never made any kind of reference to the fact that it was a time limit match. So when the bell rang at the end of the hour, everything was just flat. And everyone was saying, was, they had the attitude of like, what happened? The reason for the time limits is, especially in a case where it's going to go close to the time limit or the full time limit, is to create excitement. It's a tool to be used. So, but what you have to do is you always have to announce time limits. You can't just announce time limits for when it's going to go the full length. Right. One fall, 20-minute time limit. And sometimes it, it'll go the 20 minutes, and it's a draw. Sometimes the match may end at 19 minutes and 14 seconds. You have to be unpredictable. It creates sure. interest and excitement. A lot of these... Um, traditions that were created in the past were created for a reason. And I just chalk it up to the announced team's inexperience. Uh, I, I, you know, like, I can't think of any other reason. I can't believe that they didn't know it was a, a one-hour time limit match. 
But that was the impression that you got when you watched it. Another example is, and this drives me crazy, tag team ropes. There's a reason for tag team ropes, and there's a reason that the only way you should be able to tag in and out is by slapping hands, not slapping someone's back. Not, you know, there's a reason for it because it creates drama in reaching for the other guy's hand. There's right. all, a lot of these things, you know, someone may say, ah, you know, Gary Michael Capetta, you're being like real picky and you're an old grump. But there are reasons, okay. and if the, these techniques are used, it will make today's wrestling more exciting. And another rant. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh no 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 no! And of course, you've seen that happen. Because that's how you know this. You've seen that. You've seen it firsthand. Here's another thing um, that drives me nuts. The in WWE they talk about the women's evolution, the women's revolution. Why don't they announce other than Nia Jax? Why don't they announce women's weights? What's the big deal? I don't. Yeah. You know, if if you want to be equal. And, and weights, I think, are important, and they should be announced. So why aren't they announcing women's weights? I don't get that. But here's, you know, on the other side of things, here's one thing that they do do that I appreciate as a ring announcer. For most of their title matches, and, and a lot of people probably don't even notice these things, but I, I think every detail is important. For most of their championship matches, they bring the wrestlers to the ring, and then the ring announcer, after the music stops, he introduces, you know, this match is for the Intercontinental Championship, and then he introduces the participants. Without music, not on their way to the ring, but as they're standing face-to-face. -face. That adds a seriousness yep. to a contest. That's important, and they do yep. that. So I give them props. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, Mr. Cabetta, uh, John has a question for you as well, uh, and I will ask it since he is asking on my on my chat box here. Uh, I'm sure also another wrestling story. Speaking of, of course, what happened during WrestleMania, another big another big time thing that happened, of course, uh, of course, prior to WrestleMania, obviously the 2019 Hall of Fame ceremony. Uh, your thoughts about the person that jumped the ropes and got and went after Bret Hart? What was your uh, take on that? I just would say he's uh, he wasn't he from Lincoln, Nebraska, or something like that. Uh, I would just say you know, yeah. he's, he's he's a disturbed individual, and um, WW it's not WWE's fault. Um, I like the I like having the ceremony in the ring. I hope that incident doesn't put them back on the stage next year because um, I like the atmosphere. And um, they, they file charges against the kid as, he, as they should have. And, um, I'm, you know, if, if the kid is disturbed, I, you know, I, I can empathize with that. But what he did was totally wrong, and he needs to pay the price for it. So um, I, I don't, you know, other than my, I have an issue, obviously, with the attacker, and thank God Brett or Natalia weren't hurt. Um, I mean, who, you know, who would know whether the kid would have had a blade you know, that, he, that he had snuck in there or had even found something in the arena after he went through security that he could have used? Um, 
yeah, you, you always have to take that kind of um, that kind of situation seriously. But uh, I think WWE handled it as well as they could have. Um, I know we're getting close yeah. on time, Jared. I sent right. you the the direct link for my subscribers yep, page. Yep, I sent it. Yes, I did, and I sent it to Chad, and we will definitely have our people, and myself, I'll try to get in on it, along with Chad and our people too, Gary, believe me. I appreciate that. I mean, also- um, I, I always, I do videos expressing my opinions on things like we talked about tonight. I, we had a really good chat tonight and covered a lot of territory, um, but there's always something that comes up. You know that. I mean, wrestling's 24-7, so um, there are, you know, the pages are refreshed, regularly. It's exciting. It's $4.99 a month to subscribe. And um, maybe you guys will subscribe. I hope you do. Well, we'll definitely do that. Now, I will also mention yeah. in one one quick thing about talking about this, this Hall of Fame incident. They did say this guy was an MMA fighter. Yeah. Wanted that to get is- some variety. Yeah. He, I mean, I that's what they- and he's a geek. But, but once again, he has to be disturbed. So I don't care what his physic, what his you know athletic background is. He's probably an, an MMA wannabe. It's my guess. Right, right. Because they showed a clip of him actually fighting, and they showed his uh, really prowess. I, mean, I guess yeah. So he just say he was an actual fighter. So, send that um, to me. I'd like to see that. Yeah, we'll have to. JD, we'll have to find, find the story about that. We'll send that to Mister. Uh, um, yeah, we'll definitely do that. Yeah, that's what I had read. I mean, he had he he actually was disguising his appearance apparently with the uh, with the beanie and the uh, dreadlocks apparently. But like he actually that is that's really yeah. yeah has, anyone that does something like that, I mean, they're basically you know, unfortunately, they're disturbed. And I'm also yeah, hand the WWE though. For us, of course, obviously they they got the Hall of Fame ceremony on the network. They actually edited out that portion of it, which I thought that was a good move as well. I don't think a lot of people really wanted to uh, see that too much, but <laughs> thank, all, you. All, thank you. Thank God it wasn't Enzo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, after what he did. <laughs> yeah, after what he did the other night with him and Cash on at the Ring of Honor. <laughs> all right, yeah. guys, I need yeah. to get some dinner. Where it's after eleven. So it's been fun talking to you. Thank you very much for inviting me. I appreciate it. Absolutely, sir. And like I said, please come back anytime. Uh, like I said, remember it's definitely- uh, Facebook. It's Facebook. My initials G M C number four real G M C for real. Yes, sir. We do greatly appreciate that, sir. And please come back and join us anytime for some more big time talks and discussions here about everything going on, of course, in the world of wrestling and also new things going on, everything. We'd love to have you back. Absolutely. Stay in touch. Thanks, guys. Thank you, sir. Take care, sir. Thank you very much. Good night. Good night, sir. Have a great evening, sir. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, that was, of course, the one and only Mr. Gary Michael Capetta, of course, like I said, a WWS Hall of Famer and also in our celebrity wing of the Hall of Fame, we should say. Uh, and also, uh, of course, uh, I do, I, I have my props to the Iceman, Jerry Geralmo for bringing him, bringing him in as well. And like I said, we, I think JD did establish the link, uh, for his page on the Re- Revolution Radio Facebook page. 
facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash WWS Revolution Radio. Uh, definitely, folks, t- take a listen to that. You'll definitely enjoy that. And, uh, listen to everything Mr. Capetta's had to say here. Big time talks and discussions here. And, uh, you know, you know, if you know he, if he has any of these discussions like he's talking about with folks, J.D., if we end up getting mentioned in it, man, we're going to be – that's going to probably help us out a big deal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's going to be great. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I will also let you know this a quick couple of quick plugs here. Uh, tomorrow on Revolution, ladies and gentlemen, we will finally get JD's thoughts and opinions on what took place at on SmackDown this past Tuesday night. Um, we were hoping to do that here tonight, but of course, we did have our special guest in. in. So, uh, <clears throat> so uh, we'll uh, we'll have that in tomorrow night. But I know JD wants to get that off his chest. I'm sure it's been boiling boiling <laughs> over. So, so yeah. I'm sure we can't wait to hear that all as well. Also, ladies and gentlemen, one quick plug I will make here, as always, for the avid eBay shopper out there, folks, be sure to visit, of course, uh, our of course, uh, uh, big-time eBay store here called Perpetual Uniquity, Internet Retail for the Eternally Distinctive Individual, Kiss, and other rock and roll memorabilia uh, uh, posted, posted in the store, as well as, of course, DVDs, everything from wrestling, to action and adventure and uh, animated and horror and everything of that nature. Uh, video games for the PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4, PSP and Xbox 360 and other and, uh, and, and books and men's and women's clothes and everything else of that nature. Be sure to check all that out. Over 300 items currently posted on there right now. Some new stuff was just added on today, as a matter of fact. So definitely check that out here as well. Uh, visit us at ebay.com forward slash str forward slash perpetual uniquity that's p-e-r-p-u-t-a-l u-n-i-q-u-i-t-y remember perpetual uniquity is internet retail for the eternally distinctive individual uh before we go jd jd and john anything else you wish to add before we close up shop i am good thanks okay thank you very much uh, john anything else okay john said he has nothing else to add there as well so on that note here, folks, we do thank you very much for listening to here tonight to Wolfpack episode number 198. I definitely want to thank the Iceman, Jared DiGirolamo, and the Human Suplex Machine, John Gross, for joining me here this evening. Also on our live video feed from WWS Fan Empire, I do want to thank Miss Della Sigler for joining us there as well, uh, for popping in and listening in on our midtime conversation. I also, ladies and gentlemen, got to thank... Uh, of course, of course, JD, no small, of course, no uh, big time here, of course, goes to the Iceman for this. But I do want to thank, of course, one and only Mr. Uh, Gary Michael Capetta, of course, a legendary uh, ring announcer in the world of professional wrestling. Uh, also, of course, as we said, a WWS Hall of Famer for coming on tonight, sharing some big time wrestling stories and getting his thoughts in on all the current wrestling stuff, including, of course, everything going on with Ring of Honor, even WrestleMania the Hall of Fame ceremony and all that great stuff. Uh, we, do, we do we do thank that here. Uh, be sure, of course, like I said, join us tomorrow night for our next edition of WWS Revolution. Our live video feed will be from Hardy Boys fans. Remember, news and views, history and birthdays. Uh, hopefully, we'll have some more folks pop on here. Uh, of course, we'll, and finally, ladies and gentlemen, we will finally get J.D. Soft's opinions about this past Tuesday night SmackDown show. I'm sure he's definitely going to have a lot to say about what took place here, the, the SmackDown after WrestleMania, which, of course, a lot did take place, the SmackDown after WrestleMania, 
and we'll definitely bring that here to you here as well. Wolfpack episode 198 is a broadcast of the WWS radio network right here on TalkShoe.com, where we are three years older and continuing to be bolder. The radio network continues to be and will forever remain your wrestling connection. Folks, take care of yourselves and each other. We will definitely see you in the ring. And as always, here in the WWS radio network right here on TalkShoe.com, God bless everyone. And we, and we of course, will get at you here tomorrow uh, uh, tomorrow night here, of course, on Revolution. And, of course, also on Power Hour this coming Saturday evening. Be sure to join us there as well. For your source and everything going on in the world of wrestling, ladies and gentlemen, is and always will be the WCWS Radio Network. Have a good night, ladies and gentlemen, and take care. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.